not ready. I could edit this out. Or not. Yeah, maybe people need to be more, like, patient. This is true. I remember when I was younger, I was at a rap show, and this rapper was like, I'm like a pediatrician. I got little patients. And I thought that was really funny. And then, like, he, I was like, oh, this guy's great. And then he started going into, like, grossly misogynistic stuff. I was like, this guy's not great. But I'm that curious. Was great. I'm curious who. I, he was so unforgettable that, like, he never went anywhere. Oh, it was like, oh, it's not something I, I wouldn't know. Okay. No, it was like one step above open mic night. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's that. Um, oh, Marcus, do you like movies? Yes, I do. This is Zebras in America, the best movie podcast about movies in Brooklyn, probably New York, maybe in Thailand. Do you think there's any film podcasts in Thailand? Yes. How many do you think? Mm, 20. 20 film podcasts in Thailand? How yes. many of them are dedicated to Joe? Four? I was going to say five. I mean, he's not the only director in Thailand. No, of course not. It's a beautiful boxer director. Mm-hmm. Kickboxer, the remake, part one and two. Mm-hmm. Well, I think just part one. Or just took, th- took place in Thailand. <clears throat> yeah. And Michael J. White is works in Thailand. Works in Thailand a lot. Yeah, uh, Undisputed Three. Mm-hmm. Was it Undisputed? No, he wasn't Undisputed. He was in the Undisputed series. Yeah, but he was also in uh, Never Never Back Down, Never Surrender. No, Never Back Down. Never Back Down. He was in yeah. two and three, mm-hmm. and in three took place in Thailand. Right. Yeah, I have watched a lot of direct video this year. No, I so know. this is going to be our TIFF episode. Yes, we're gonna. I'm going to talk to you. You went to you went to TIFF, and for the the people who don't know what TIFF is, that's the Toronto International Fantasy Frogert. Yes, All, the Toronto. The, the Toronto. The look, I have a peach impediment, man. Toronto International Film Festival. Yes. Yeah, fluff festival. Like, I don't know nothing about that. No, you know, marshmallow fluff? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, because I'm on a new diet. I haven't had sugar in six weeks. That's amazing. Yeah. That's commendable. I feel great. Good. Feel well, that, like, that also happens, too. Yeah, no, I feel, like, amazing. Um, <coughs> but, like, I definitely, when I quit smoking many years ago, I would have dreams about smoking, mm-hmm. and now I have dreams about eating pizza. Nice. And eating, eating like, marshmallows. Mm. I was never a marshmallow guy to begin with. Well... Yeah, I was. But I get it. Yeah. Because it's like a gigantic sugar bomb. Yeah. So we're going to talk about TIFF, have a little bit of housekeeping before we get into it. Sure. Uh, Long-time Hebra, uh, uh, um, grandma's boy, and uh, good father, all-around guy. I know who you're talking about. Yes. Jacob Rivers. Yes. Or Jacobo Rivera, or just Jacob <laughs> Rivera. Uh, Jacob Rivers. Yeah. Ja- uh-huh. Uh, he says, hey guys, really digging the podcast and like that it's a cinema talking therapy session. We're going to, we're, we should put that on our second run of t-shirts. Yeah. To the, uh, Jacob bought a t-shirt. Yes, he did. Yeah. We've yeah. sold four. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there is always some very thought provoking topics that appear as the episode develops. I did have a serious question and I hope it doesn't come out as insensitive or dumb. Uh-huh. It could, it could never, No. 
there's no such thing as the, what my professor in grad school says, the only dumb questions are the ones that aren't asked. So, always ask the questions, because that is, my, that is not his intention. Do you think that struggle breeds the best art and creates great people? Example would be, if there was no murder or hard times with race relations or war, would we lose out on the development of great equality leaders or music like the blues that were an effect of the struggle? I hope I'm explaining that right. You are. No, no, yeah. I was honestly thinking about this while walking home from the bus stop on my way home from work. Would rap exist? Probably not. Or great movies about war or the Holocaust? Well, no, if there was never any conflict. Anyway, thanks for doing the movie topic episode, and you guys should do a Patreon. I just bought a shirt, so excited about that. Maybe your rewards could be like you get recommended a movie you've never seen to watch and talk about, or name a piece of music after a Patreon supporter. You both are smart, creative guys. Thank you. So I'm sure you'll think of cool things to do. Thank you. It's late and I'm rambling, but keep up the good work, and especially keep your heads up. Because life is good, and as I always say, someone always has it worse than us, and we have it good. Later, Jacob. Damn. I want to say Thanks, one. Man. I have I have thoughts, and I'm sure you do. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, I, I like your statement that someone always has it worse. But I come from a social justice background where I try not to um, make downwards or upwards comparisons because it's not always fair to the people that are doing worse than us or doing better than us. Our our experience is our experience, and. Not to say there's anything wrong with what you do, but I try not to compare how I have it better or worse than anybody. That's just that's just how I like to go. I don't yeah. know about you. Keyword try, but it's difficult. Correct. Sometimes, I said I try. Say, I'm, I'm, try. A, I'm, a wor- yeah. I'm a working work in progress. Yeah. Not you know. There's. You ever read that book that's very popular right now, The Four Agreements? No, I know it's, what it is, but it's no. like a spiritual book, but it's also a self-help book. And uh, I just noticed that it's very popular these days to see it, like, showing up in, like, Instagram posts of, like, people who are, let me not insult people, but it's, it is, there's, they make, he's, there's, like, four agreements. Always try your best. Sure. I know, assume you're doing the bound or whatever. Uh, Don't take things personal. Sure. Great. Uh, Be impeccable with your word, which is the one that I really think is super important. Mm -hmm. And don't, and, um... Don't make assumptions. Okay. Now, presumably, which I'm already making an assumption by saying presumably, if we're if we're doing these things, we'll be a, we'll be the best version of ourselves. But it's very difficult to do those things. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's no question that other people are doing worse than me or doing better than me. But I just spent so many years in low places, uh, comparing myself or feeling guilty for comparing myself or feeling guilty for like downwards comparison or upwards comparison mm-hmm. so that's my that's my take on that one sentence not to nitpick you Jacob I think you're aces and I think you're a great dude but also like you know uh, having opinions about things that disagree with other people's opinions is okay mm-hmm. don't let don't let Twitter or or neoliberals tell you or conservatives tell you that you're that you can't have differing opinions because guess what you can Agreed. We're gonna get into that shortly. Oh hell yeah. yeah! I'm so I'm so upset about people being upset, dude. Yeah. Um, also, and to get into Jacob's other question, I think right. That's that's an important question. I just feel like there'd be great art. It would just be different. It's hard to tell. Like people adapt differently under different circumstances. So I think there would be art. We obviously wouldn't have a lot of the same stuff we have. Sure, definitely not. Um, there but, would be there would yeah. be no Holocaust movies if there wasn't the Holocaust. Of course, yeah. 
I mean, maybe someone would be, maybe some brilliant person who's tuned into the ether would be able to pick on the idea of an alternative universe where that did happen. It would be funny if, like, some of these dystopic films that people make are people, like, going into alternate universe ideas. Yeah. And, and, like, that actually has happened in alternative universes, like The Terminator or something. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you think? Is that, like, too out there a thought? No. It doesn't sound too out there at all. Like, just like, what the idea of alternate universes? No, that that some, <coughs> some of our science fiction art, or or alternative alternative history art is actually someone catching on to other realities. Oh sure, yeah yeah. yeah. I like that sort of idea. Uh, yeah, of course. Um, yeah. So to answer the question, you can totally have art without struggle. It's just a different sort of art. You're correct that blues and rap, and other things wouldn't exist. But I don't think art wouldn't exist because, like, people have been making music about good shit. Like, gospel is all about how God is good. Um, some of it. Some of it, Some of right? it's also about struggle. The, yeah, and, I don't know. And slavery, I, I, to some extent. I do think, like, I, do, I, I appreciate your question. I would probably choose less heartache if that meant less art, but I'm sure it'd be less interesting. And, yeah, I mean, I am the person I am because of the tragedies and the positivities. Of, I would be a totally different person without the tragedies in my life. So it, it's, a, it's a difficult question to, be like, to answer whether or not mm-hmm. I would change anything. Yeah. Because you can't control who you are. Yeah, I have. I, I there's just a lot of art that I like that came from bad stuff. I don't like, and you know, neither of us like to fetishize struggle and all that stuff. But I can't. I I can't. I don't want to be in a world where like a lot of the art that helped make me who I am doesn't exist. So. Yeah, yeah. exactly, and it just so happens you and I really like, aside from like a lot of comedy, we really like brutally difficult films. Music too and music. I was listening to Conway's new album on the way over here. Yeah, I mean he he, he it's brutal because like Buffalo is still a difficult place. Yeah, I think Con like I don't know if I want to live in a world where Conway's verse on that song "The Cow" doesn't exist, where it's like there's tragedy and and positivity in that verse. But he's just talking about how like he wanted to be a rapper, never made it at first, got shot in the head, had Bell's palsy took a look at himself and was just like, oh, I can't be a rapper. I can barely speak. And how am I going to be like on a T-shirt and in front of a video camera and with his face? And now one of look the most sought-after, yeah. uh, quote-unquote, street rappers yeah, right now. absolutely. I wouldn't, so. quote-unquote, because like, I don't really like that sort of yeah, no, I know. description. But like, yeah. like P- I see people posting on my feeds like him saying hard shit all the time. Yeah. Like, uh, I think his brother is more popular but there's but for now I think it's I think there's just a different I think West Side Gun is kind of like the face like more popular but I think it's a I mean West Side Gun has said himself Conway's like the, the lyricist he's he, really, he, he's like the artist of the two you know what I'm saying if, if right. I'm making any sense no I, I yeah he's really good like they compare the songs to Hall and Nash like to me I think West Side Gun is Kevin Nash, like the big guy who doesn't have all the, but he's like the big tall guy, so he's he draws your attention first. But Conway, to me, is Scott Hall because Scott Hall could move fast and he had he had different. He could work a big as a big guy, he worked as a medium sized guy. He's kind of more all around. And Scott Hall has a heartbreaking story. 
Josh does he? Yeah. Or like Kevin Nash, he's like for for the wrestling world, he's pretty high on like the well-adjusted guys. Sure, he's had his run-ins, but he's one of the few, which is crazy to think for him finally being popular in by the 90s. He's one of the first like early like non Hogan Flair, whatever, to like be a millionaire early in the game. When I'm you saying, think about yeah, wrestling, it's been around a he's long doing time. All right. he's, yeah, he's doing really good. He's doing all right. He's like not. <laughs> he's not one of the myriad sob stories. No. Of wrestling. No. He seems like pretty well adjusted. Yeah. And seems like a fun guy. Oh, fun indeed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one thing that I that we're gonna get to in TIFF is about how people. People just seem to be deficient of nuance these days and are unable to have complicated views. There seems to be like a a good friend of ours, Mtume, and I'm going to plug something he's doing pretty soon in this episode. Um, We were talking today about how there's just like anti-intellectualism, just like outrage over outrage. Um, But funny from people who think that they're intellectuals, too. Right. Some, not not all, or, or not like, all, but some people think they're intellectuals and they're actually anti. Yeah, because they're they're only for their narrative. Yeah, they're only for their form of intellectualism. I was listening to this brilliant episode of Champagne Sharks, which is a podcast I've been trying to put you onto, mm-hmm. about uh, about this this week actually about uh, entertaining a theory that I've had about how like gamer culture and nerd culture has sort of brought about. Like the alt right and the SJW world, mm-hmm. and there's just great article, not article episode explaining how like some some SJ SJ dub culture and and reactionary like alt right culture did come from like the the making superhero shit political. Mm. So definitely check that out because there was there was a recent article about De, by DeRay about comic books and and people had opinions about it. Okay, it's in the it's in the queue. Yeah. So yeah. I just think it's interesting that they're that I'm not. I thought I was the only one that was like, "Yo, like, like cartoon Tumblr turned in like turned into is why Trump is president." I thought these. I, was, I thought I was alone in these thoughts, mm-hmm. and it turns out like people who are who are way smarter politically than me have figured have been working on these theories as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw a lot of this nuance this week. Um, one uh, recently, uh, Mac Miller passed away. Yes, rest in peace. He, I was really impressed with him because he came out and I didn't think he was good at all. Same. And people were like, yo, he's not good at all. And one of my favorite rap writers, Andrew Nasnitsky, clowned him for like two years. Guy who mm. used to write cocaine blunts mm. and now has a record store in Oakland. And then Mac Miller's response was he invited him into his home when he made his second record to, to write an article about him for The Fader. Oh, wow. He was like, I, you know, you don't like me. I love your writing. I am. I've been listening and loving rap music. Like he's, he was clearly someone who respected rap music. Yeah, and you could see so because he used his he used his fame to help usher in Vince Staples, help help School by Q, help Earl Sweatshirt. Like, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I didn't. I he, when he first came out, I was like, oh, this guy's corny. And then like I took the side of there was that also to folks who know Mac Miller but don't listen to his music. They also got hip to him because of this that crazy lawsuit from Lord Finesse when Lord Finesse tried to sue him for mil- like, you know, uh, like eight figures. I had a lot of uh, trouble with Lord Finesse's so lawsuit. Did I. So did I. Even though I have the I, utmost respect for Lord Finesse. I, absolutely. But I was saying, like, a lot of those West Coast guys, even though he's, you know, Mac Miller's from Pennsylvania, he moved out to Cali and, like, I started, like, 
oh, he collaborates with artists that I like. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'll give this guy a chance. Like, I like... So Mac Miller's verse on um, The Guild on uh, Earl Sweatshirt's de- debut album is really, really good. And, like, yeah, he's done... Like, all, all the Odd Future guys loved him. You know, all the, like, TDE guys loved him. But, also, but also Sean P. loved him. Sean P. Exactly. Yeah, everyone. It's just like... Uh, and, and you never... Like, people he took on tour with him or people he toured with. It's like everyone. He's one of those guys who, like can go into every genre and every walk of, like, the music industry. You know what I'm saying? So. Also, what really impressed me was that he got better. Yeah, 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 sure. Like, because, like, his first record for me, I couldn't listen to. Mm-hmm. But then his second record, he was doing stuff with Flying Lotus. Yeah. He had, he had Lotus, Loaded Lux diss him on his second record. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, it was, I just saw him grow, and I, I was like, he's a talented dude. But yeah. it also felt, to, to harken back to something Jacob was talking about, Pain and Struggle, it sounds like this guy sounds like he really has a trouble with drugs and pain. Yeah. And he's creating self fulfilling prophecies if he's not careful. Sure. But what really pissing me off, uh, obviously, about not besides the tragedy, I promise we'll talk about movies. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, was people starting to blame Ariana Grant, the pop yeah. star, the pop star that, that he was dating. Uh, many months ago. Yeah, I didn't even... But that's one of those things, too, where, like, I am noticing with some things, when it, especially on social media, it's like three or four people tweet something or say something, and that's, like, outrage. But I started, like, searching. It was just, like, a lot of people really were, like, blaming her for it. I thought it was, like, is this being blown? Are people... Is no. it, are, like, a lot of people? And then it turns, like, wow, holy shit. Because, like, people don't think that, uh, that, that you know, you... Do you think we should blindly support everybody? Two things can exist at the same time. Yeah. It can be tragic that Mac Miller was was on drugs, but maybe it's really difficult to date some date an addict. Yeah. Uh, you know, full disclosure I have and it's really hard. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you might it might be more difficult than you have. And her leaving is is her trying to preserve her own self, which is totally reasonable. We need to stop blaming women for the behavior of men, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> or just like, um, you know, there's this, there's an article this week interviewing Soon Yi. Oh yeah, Woody, right. uh, Woody, I didn't read it. But... I, I did. Mm-hmm. Woody Allen's wife. Now, the article was great in that in that it gave a voice to Soon Yi. Sure. But it was also like a very biased article. It was written by someone who's been a friend of Woody Allen's for mm. 40 years. Yeah, yeah, and I also acknowledge that the Dylan Farrow articles in Variety Fair or whatever were biased as well. There's this idea that people can't write biased art, biased news, but the news has been biased. Yes. Even even good news, news that I think is reliable, is still biased. Mm-hmm. There's always a bias until we have robots writing the news, and I don't think we want to. No. Isn't it possible that a lot of things are bad about the Woody Allen situation? Like, isn't it possible that, that Mia Farrow could have been, been a harmful mother to her and Moses Farrow, but also what happened? the other thing could have happened to Dylan? Yeah. Isn't it possible that someone could be a bad mother and still, uh, still like, other things can happen? Or that it still feels weird that, that Woody Allen was dating this woman? Like, yeah. Can't we have complicated opinions about it? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You know, everyone being like, these, you know, people are just so upset about Woody Allen. Like, you know, there are there are better people to be upset about. The guys had quite the career. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? it's like I don't know. I was 
So the art, like I, I found the article to be very biased, but it is interesting that no one ever allowed her to say anything. That's a good point. I was getting ready to say that. Yeah. You know, so that was dope because it turns out she's ill. Mm. That okay. was one thing that I was taking. About. Not that I, I never, I didn't know who she was. I didn't really have an opinion. Yeah. But she was like, "Hey, can I speak?" Right. And you know, because everyone's been speaking for her. Yes. Um. So yeah, or like uh, the the Colin Kaepernick has really create has really showed a lot of. Uh, a lot of people snowflaking or or virtue signaling on both sides. Yeah, I was gonna say Nike. I mean, Nike's been making a lot of sales, and I'm surprised this is on the other end. How people can't see it's like I understand supporting, but it's like you see what you're doing. The whole like I'm wearing my, I'm buying these Nikes. I'm proud, and it's kind of like okay. Yeah, you're also like but, part of a. Yes, it's not like Nike is this woke. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, and it's weird that like people who claim who think that they're being so intelligent, clever, don't see the other side. Where it's just like you're give, people giving all this money to corporations like Nike, and I, I have and I have a thing, pair of Nikes. Right. But, I'm not saying I don't have a pair of Nikes either. Yeah. I you know I tried to do like Asics and New Balances because they're made by um, you know not not uh, exploitative labor. Yeah, yeah. But then New Balance was like, yeah, we like 45, and I I was. I just was like, all right, whatever. Mm-hmm. But also, like, what I, what was actually really interesting, a point that was on the Champagne Sharks episode that I was listening to the other day, was that people actually ship for companies now. Like, they support the company or support, like, these entities. They, like, like to claim you're woke, but that now you're supporting Nike mm-hmm. or you're supporting Disney. Mm-hmm. And, like, or, like, like be, defending Star Wars, which is a multi-billion dollar company. Yeah. And not, like, the people. Sure. Like when 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 did when did our activism become defending multi billion dollar companies? Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> like I think I think I think Kaepernick is an American hero, mm. but and I'm glad that he has he's getting some money from Nike. Sure. But I also think like all of a sudden pretending Nike is like some sort of like amazing company Agreed. is is blind. Yeah. And also, on the other end, you think like buying Nikes and burning them is some sort of performative, you know, yeah. radicalism. Yeah. So you, you weren't okay with the child labor, but this guy who, who, who doesn't <laughs> want to stand during this, that's, that's, and what do you do when, when, what is it optically when you go to a store, buy Nikes and burn them? Nike that's doesn't care what tra- you do with them. temper tantrum. Yeah, well, you saw that Nike, through social media, put out a funny disclaimer. No. <laughs> Nike, which... This is the one thing where I was like, oh, touche Nike. They put this picture up with directions. They were just like, hey, look, uh, like, if you're going to burn our stuff, do it responsibly. Make sure you do it outside, away from people, and when you dispose of them. They were like, it was like this technical, like, it was like, oh, I see what you're doing. That's very funny. Um, so they were kind of, you know, trolling and throwing a little shade back to I like the, that. To that's the like, lingo. Yeah. That's like when Alamo Draft House was catching a lot of flack for women-only viewings of Wonder Woman. Yeah, and they were like added so another one. They added another one. Yeah, it's like yeah. fuck you. Yeah, you know, yeah. I I thought that that Australian newspaper that was doing the racist comics of Serena Williams. Yeah, was totally whack. Yes, but their response took took a, a thousand balls. What was the response? Their response was like <laughs> their cover was their cover the next day was nine culturally insensitive cartoons, and we're like cartoons are offensive. Oh well, fuck them. I was going to say something extra mean, but, um, oh man, that was going to be mean, but go ahead. No, I want to hear it. Charlie Hebdo, go ahead. That's real. 
Yeah. No, because that's my immediate that like it, it's just is where I'm at. I don't like the whole like, and everyone's got a different reaction. Obviously, I hope that someone doesn't show up to their office and do whatever. But it's just also no. Like, I thought you were. I thought you were referencing how the day after Charlie Hebdo, after the Charlie Hebdo massacre, they published their newspaper with that paint. With no, that I was joking that like okay. Watch oh, that. oh, <laughs> yeah. you took it. Oh, see, I thought. No, I'm tired saying, of this was, racist shit. I don't have any. I don't have the tones for it right now. So if you're gonna do that, it's like okay. Yeah, the only thing I, I was just joking. I was joking. Yeah, no one thinks you're. Well, no, probably maybe people do think you're serious, but I'm you're, saying you're right now I'm joking. Listening. No, but it's like it's just a joke. I mean, if you're gonna make racist mammy stuff, like what's wrong with joking about people getting shot? I'm just joking. What? You, See, where does it end? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just a joke. It's just humor. Jokes yeah. are supposed to be funny. This is my sense of humor. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay, let's let's talk about that. Was good. That was good. No, I'm saying I appreciated the ballsy response. I didn't yeah. appreciate what the response was. I don't even know that that's I don't know if that's as ballsy as just like I'll be even louder. Nah, I'll do a bigger temper tantrum. No, like the ballsy the ballsiest uh most adult response is to be like, I'm sorry. To seriously, yeah. But I also but it's also like we live in this we live in this culture right now where you can't even apologize. You did something wrong, and every and you're you just are supposed to like be shamed for the rest of your life. But I've That's been true. fighting my own shame forever. I'm not going to be ashamed. Yeah. If I do something wrong, or if I offend you, let me know. Give me the chance to to respond. Yeah. Allow me to apologize and measure me by the nature yes. of how I respond. This is true. I mean, that's how you that's how you judge someone's character. Yeah. What they do when they fuck up. It's impossible to not fuck up. Yeah. You know. So you went you went to TIFF this year. Yeah, I'm just pulling up my list here real quick. Um, yeah, I was I was in Toronto for eight days. It was awesome. It's I always look forward to it. It was the first uh, week off I've had in almost two years. So that was another like big deal uh, for me. Um, it was also a big deal too because every filmmaker that like I just not every but like the top current filmmakers who I love all had movies there. Mike Mike Lee. Carlos Regattas, Olivia Sayas, Claire Denis, um, and then like I did miss the the Peach Upon had a new short, Guy Madden had a new short. I missed those, but then like then just like other heavy hitters, you know, Steve McQueen's new movie Widows and uh, a bunch of stuff. So, so how do you want to do this? You want to go day by day? No, 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 because no, that's like I don't even remember what I saw each day. Um, All right, so let's. Anymore. But I, I have so like my best. I have my honorable mentions, and then I have like other little things so let's start with the other little things uh sure so like so this was the first year that i went to tiff where i was the least disappointed i only had one disappointment every every other movie that was like bad or dumb which there were quite a few i wasn't like upset about it because i had no expectations it was just like well it it was what it was you know uh, my my honorable mention list was bigger than than any other year too um so yeah, this is just was, a really was, good selection. What was the disappointment? Uh, there's this movie called Angelo. It's the second feature by this filmmaker named Marcus Schleinzer. He was, uh, was Haneke's boy uh, during Haneke's Austrian uh, period. And Marcus Schleinzer in 2012 made this film called uh, Michael. It's, it's really The Room, a couple years before The Room came out. It's just about this pedophile. It's just a matter-of-fact day-to-day story about this pedophile who keeps room, his kid... Room, not the... Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry. Room. Uh, about this pedophile who keeps this kid locked in his basement. But to in, but, like, it, but to interject a funny thing, yeah. In this epi- in this week's episode of Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. which is a character which which uh, the actress who was in Room, 
oh, Allison right. yeah. Brie is yeah. playing. Yes. Uh, there's an ep- there's an episode where 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 the Carol Danvers, the the Captain Marvel that she's playing in this movie, mm-hmm. uh, is like, "Who gave me this?" And she's holding a copy of Room of the Room. Oh the wow! Room. Oh, that's funny. and she was like, "I asked for Room. This is the Room. This guy's an alien. Didn't you know?" Oh, then that's funny, right? So oh. I thought that's why I, that's why I interrupted because that's I really funny. I really enjoyed that shit, and uh, I'm sure Bill Scurry enjoyed that too. Okay, he's like, I like it. My yeah. name Bill. Well, what if Bill really talked like that? <laughs> he doesn't. No, no, I'm just I'm just joking. Yeah. I'm just joshing, joshing around. Joshing. Um, what up to yeah. Joshua Benjamin? What's up, Josh? What? But um. Yeah, that was the only one. And, and I think it was disappointing because Angelo is a really interesting story about this, like, this slave child. He, Him and a couple of other slave children washed up on shore uh, in Paris, I believe. And then he was, kind of, he, he was like this fl- flute virtuoso. Then he became like a theater performer. And it was just very boring and matter of fact. And it just could have been a really interesting story. And it wasn't. And it's like... Everything else was either good or it's just like, hey, that that just kind of was what it was. Was it as good as Badasses or Badasses on the Bayou, the action comedy trilogy romp with Danny Glover and Danny Trejo? The fuck? I don't even know what that is. You never seen Badass? Well, there's no. Badass, which is just Danny Trejo. No. There's Badasses with Danny Trejo and and Danny and Don, and Danny Glover, and then there's Badasses uh, on the Bayou where they where they go to New Orleans. When did these come out? Like. Three or four years ago. Oh, that that, that might explain it, but no. They, they, I would call them excellent, but they're just fun. Sure. I watched so those. Fun. I watched those last year. Okay, so any other uh, like mentions before we go to honorable mentions? Yeah, I'll make. Yeah, so this movie climax. It's uh, Gaspar uh, Gaspar Noé's new movie. He's the guy that did like Enter the Void and Love and Irreversible and whatnot. He it's likes, just, yeah, he likes dirtiness. And that's what this movie is about, and it's just like, at this point, the first 20 minutes of this movie are kind of amazing, because it's about, the premise of the story, it's supposedly based on a true story, but no one can really find any info on the true story. It's about this, like, dance troupe who, who like, a couple of nights before they were about to go on tour, they had this kind of, like, inter-party after their last rehearsal, and some mysterious person spiked all their drinks with LSD, like a lot of LSD, and then throughout the night, like they start like, whoa, why do I feel weird? And they started blaming each other, and like people died and all this crazy stuff. And according to Gaspar Noé, it's a true story. It happened in sometime in the late '80s. Um, but the first twenty minutes, the plot doesn't kick in. It's just like it's the last twenty minutes of their rehearsal, and it's essentially all the dancers, all different styles of dance, just kind of like having like a dance session, like each giving each person a turn to like vibe out so it's like break dancers classical dancers like strippers all kind of do and the production like the beats that he uses he's he's like it's like apex twin square pusher like classic warp music basically and it's just like you watch in the theater the music's just thumping the way they're dancing is great and then you know this is a feature like movie so by like 40 minutes 50 minutes 60 minutes it's just literally a movie about people freaking out and you get to a point where it's like oh i get it so but the first 20 minutes are are just really really captivating um, so that's kind of that. Like, there's some. <laughs> wanna, I don't want to ruin. Even, even not not so much spoil. I don't want to say there's certain anticipated movies that are coming out that I don't want to say the movie was really dumb because I don't want to sway anyone. But there's some. There's a couple of dumb movies coming out that people are anticipating that it's just like, 
I can't wait to hear what people have to say about these. Because, wow. Are, a, are any of those new Adiard movies? Movie? Any what? Are any of those new Adiard movie? Adiard? What? Adelard? Rust and Bone? Oh, no. That, oh, no. That didn't play at, at TIFF. You're talking about that Vince Vaughn, Mel Gibson movie? No. Oh, I'm thinking Bone Tom. Oh, I'm thinking of a different guy, Jesus. No, guy um, didn't. The Beat My Heart skipped. Yeah, I'm thinking something else. No, um, he had, oh, I don't know if he had a movie yet. Yes, he did. What, what With movie? Joaquin Phoenix and Jonah Hill. I'll remain silent. Okay. I will just be quiet on that one. You, we've talked about the films yeah. of Adiyard. I'm probably yeah, no, no, I, I, no. I, I forgot he's the guy who directed the Sisters Brothers. Prophet, um, Un Prophet. Yeah, yeah, Un Prophet. Rust and Bone. Yeah, Rust and Bone is my favorite. Yeah, Beat okay. the Heart skips my favorite, but uh, yeah. yeah, Sisters Brothers. That's uh, it was something, <laughs> and I mean every every bit of the tone I just said that in. All but right. again, it's like it's not that serious. It's just it's 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 not a serious movie. I mean. You know, I want to get into all the good, and and there were plenty. Like, um, let's talk honorable mentions. Yeah. So, widows. Um, great, that, that's, fun that's crime Steve heist. Steve McQueen's new movie. Yes. Viola Davis. Yes. Viola Davis. Um, Liam Neeson. John what? Bernthal. John Bernthal. Colin Farrell. Robert Duvall. Michelle Rodriguez. Um, oh, Jesus! The star Daniel Kaluuya. He's he's a great villain. Who's the actor? Who's on? Um, who's Donald Glover's cousin in Atlanta? Okay. Him, yeah. Like the the cast for this movie is pretty ridiculous. It's a really good. Oh, the cool kids have a cameo because the movie takes place in Chicago. Yeah, they have a really cool cameo. Um, I don't think a lot of people would know it's them, but um, yeah. There's like so the basic. I I say go into this movie just expecting to see like a good like Michael Mann style heist movie, and if you want, there are some there is some social commentary. I mean, a movie that takes place in the heart of Chicago. There's too many like prevalent things going on in Chicago to not be mentioned, um, like violence and certain things like that, and you know McQueen touches on that, but he doesn't make the movie fully about it. My only problem is the more, the more I talk, the more I think about this movie. There's one scene in this film that did bother the hell out of me, and it just kind of, like the whole Black Lives <clears throat> Matter, I can't breathe thing. It's turning into like a marketable slash like checklist in movies like you have to have the racist moment and i just think this one major scene in the movie just was totally unnecessary <clears throat> but other than that the movie's great and movies like this whether it's rafifi or thief or heat whatever it's all about building up to like the final like the the job and the way like the way mcqueen does this it's really great because they they go they do the score, they do the heist, and then midway through, something happens, and you're kind of just like, oh, and you're a little disappointed, and then something happens again, you're like, oh, okay, you got us, in, in like a really cool way. The cinematography, in my opinion, acts as social commentary, but I'm not going to say how. See, I just want people, please pay attention to the cinematography in this movie, because it's super clever in a non-cool way, like in a really, like matter of fact like almost like a robert altman type thing where it's just like whoa what's going on in the background over there and it's it's, oh, it's, it's really that's, cool that's interesting I yeah like it, it, one like one that. major scene in particular is like holy shit <laughs> rest in peace um so yeah what else uh what are some other so great... i'm guessing you're not you're not running to see the hate you give i avoid that played at tiff and i avoided it and i'm not gonna lie i got asked that a couple of times while i was out there from various people 
if I was going to see it. And I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, I after, really don't need yeah. to. We didn't talk about this, but I did. I saw blind spotting. So after that, I'm out. I'm tapped out. Can we talk about your, your thoughts uh, about blind spotting? I did not. It just ties into what I said. It's just like it's very. What did you think about my my thoughts after watching it? No, I agree. Like, <laughs> I you said something. I think it's corny slam, which is pretty rough. Considering that is See, now that I'm gonna is start, now I'm gonna damn. start insulting slam, but I I I don't dislike slam as much yep. as uh, blind spotting. Well, slam slam's issues are more like like filmmaking issues they're not like also believability there's some hard yeah. ass street dudes in that movie who would not be like boys with Saul Williams I'm just like, gonna be oh, realistic oh, oh yeah you got a song called Sea Lion that's hard yeah exactly <laughs> like yeah no I hear you um yeah blind spider a very is. tough friend of mine the other day mm-hmm. revealed that he's a huge Sage Francis fan and okay. it, it was just it was just I it created a paradigm shift because he wasn't so it's just like a very tough guy, and there's <coughs> it's no hate. It was just I was like sure. I wouldn't have expected that. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, blind spotting. Blind spotting was uh, that was a movie. Yeah, it's just like I don't. There's some things I don't want to say like because I don't want to. It's like a right. movie. It that's, started out funny. I liked yeah, the first yeah, half, yeah, yeah. and then I was like, uh, what? But check yeah. it out. What what else? What are some other honorable mentions? Oh sure, yeah. Let me because <laughs> we might talk forever on that one. Um, Peter Lou, uh, this is Mike Lee's new movie. I think Mike Lee's one of the best active filmmakers right now. Um, what was his last movie again? Uh, Mr. Turner, another period piece. Peter Lou's another period piece. It's about uh, um, the massacre at what was called Peter Lou. Um, it was kind of a playoff of Waterloo, where these people were just trying to um, organize, get better wages, uh, yada yada, and then outside forces. They they were trying to have a peaceful protest, and they were, but outside forces, uh, kind of like inserted themselves and like inserted rioters into the non, you know, nonviolent riot, and it turned bad. Um, the only thing it's it's very historical, very kind of dry and matter of fact. If you're not a Mike Lee fan, I don't know if you'd be crazy about it. But um, yeah, I mean that sounds that sounds interesting. Yeah, it, yeah, sure, sure. What I what I would like to do sometime this year, if you'd be into it, mm. is is rewatch um, Glory and the Free State of Jones and do an episode about those movies. Glory. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay. No, I've just recently read some 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 di- interesting like political think pieces about those movies and sure and uh, like uh, Adolf Reed is a is a writer that I've been reading a lot. I sent you actually an article about of his, but that was actually talking about the Free State of Jones. But mm-hmm. I guess I guess you haven't read it yet. No, that's okay. Yeah. But I, I wanted to, I just wanted to revisit those movies. Okay, that's fine. I'm not. I, I have no reason not to. Of course. I'm not saying I'm going to find that... I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to like them. Yeah. Because I, I don't know if I will. No, understood. Understood. Um, just there's, yeah. there's this culture of, of disliking those movies just based on the fact that, they're, that they have white messiah characters. Yeah. But there's historical accuracy in those, in those films. Hmm. So I would like... I just... I want to reevaluate. Okay. Is, cool. that, is that okay? Yeah, Absolutely. All right. Yeah. What else? What are some uh, other honorable mentions? Vox Lux is 
Maybe what's, what's that one? It might be the most interesting movie of the festival. Not one of my favorites, but just interesting in a good way. It's it's um the second film by Brady Corbett, the actor Brady Corbett. For those of you who don't know, I guess you'd know him as he's the blonde-haired home invader in in the American remake of Funny Games. Yes, he's from Mysterious Skin, the the nerdy guy with the glasses from Mysterious Skin, Simon Killer, um, stuff like that. It's interesting. It's a movie that's kind of told in two parts. It it's about this girl who survives a school shooting. Oh, shit. And while she's, like, in the hospital, she writes this, like, song. And then at this vigil, after she recovers, she performs the song, and it becomes this kind of, like, overnight pop hit. And then she becomes a big pop star, and then we're in the world of pop music. And, yeah. And it's also shot non-traditionally. The cast is interesting, too, because it... I say kind of stars Natalie Portman and Jude Law, but they're just kind of... You don't even see Natalie Portman until, like, way halfway into the movie. And Jude Law's character could have, in a way, been played by anyone, but I love that it was Jude Law. The fact that he's not too big to take a role where it's just kind of like, yeah, he's he's here and there throughout the movie. You, you know what I'm saying? Actually, I, I really dug that. But again, yeah, it's like school shooting, and then it goes into the world of the dark side of the world of pop music. And the last 15 minutes... Is like a pop performance in what? this in the state. Yeah, it's so yeah, it's so weird. But I mean that in a good way, in a non-insulting way. Um, I also like to add too that like for most of the festival, I was doing daily write-ups on like whatever movie I saw that day. Like really like captivated me. I, I wrote like a daily uh, review. So Vox Lux is one of those movies that I wrote about. Actually, it was the first movie of the festival that I wrote about uh, last week. So go to Pillin Empire and check that out. I've got write-ups on Widows, which I also spoke about. Um, and what is Widows? Hmm? Movie with Steve McQueen, the heist movie with Viola Davis that we just talked about. Um, yeah, I wrote about that for the site, and then I also wrote about some of the stuff we're going to get into now, like my favorites. Hold on a second. Speaking yeah. of websites, yeah. friend of the show and good friend in life, M. Tumay Gant, there we go. director, mm-hmm. he's, made, he's, made, he's trying to make his feature film debut. Yeah. I'm going to score it. We're trying, to, we're trying to get some money, mm-hmm. we're trying to develop some stuff. Uh, the film's called I Don't Live Today. If if spit, it's it's what to the art world spit was to the rap world and whiteface mm. was to the acting world. Wow. Uh, so go to seedandspark.com slash fund slash IDLT film. If you would buy me or Marcus a beer in real life, you can you can donate to the movie. That's a good way to put it. That's what I'm saying. If you would buy if you would spend five bucks for a friend you can help. You can give give that five bucks to a movie. Five bucks on a can of Tecate. Seriously. With a lime, which can is a, Tecate, uh, which is that a more like that a beer? Like. If you would buy me a beer and shot special, really be my sudden bud, because you know that's how we do. You know, give it to him too, man. Yeah. We gotta support our friends, man. Gotta give people flowers while I can smell them. Agreed. So no, no Agreed. more, no more honorable mentions. Uh, the, I have a lot, but I don't want to get caught up in. Like for example, I also saw Beale Street could talk, which. I think we agreed in a text that when Ntume sees it, and when you see it, so I guess towards the end of November, when I, like we're going to talk about it, so let me not uh, go too deep into that, because I have a lot of thoughts, and it, it'll just turn into a whole episode, which is what I think we should do. Right. I, I mean, I, I liked the book. I love James Baldwin's fiction. Yeah. Not fiction, but I think right now everyone is, is celebrating him, which he should be celebrated, yeah. and his nonfiction writing, which should be celebrated. Mm-hmm. But there's the fact that his that his fiction is transformative and wonderful. 
Sure. And I'm glad that they're making movies uh, about. Um, that is my pen, by the way. Oh. That, you're, that you're biting on and shit. I didn't bite. I just pressed it up against my bottom lip. I didn't bite. Okay. <laughs> Pause. Jesus. Jeez Louise. Whoa. Uh, oh boy. You know you can't pause anymore. Someone get offended. No. After what I just said, I have to pause that because no one can see what's going on. So I got to be clear. <laughs> yeah. No. It's uh, totally reasonable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I hope that that people just like start looking into his stories, and you know, because another country is one of my favorite books, and if they ever made that a movie, it would be something else. Mm, okay. Um. So I mean, he wrote a lot of masterpieces. Yeah. Uh, and Tume gave me a copy of Tell Me How Long the Train's Been Gone many years ago mm-hmm. about a closeted actor. It was, it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, he was, a, he was just an excellent writer. Yeah. Okay, so so what are what, what were the stars? And, and so, the one that we're going to do some going into, let that, let that be the last <coughs> Yeah, I was going to. Okay. So I'm, I am, I'm not going to say exact, but I, I, I will put money that my top two films of the festival will be two of your favorite movies of the year if they come out this year. Which I'm one? talking about you specifically, okay. too. Uh, my number one favorite movie of that festival, which is also my favorite movie of the year this far outside of just Toronto, is this movie by Corey Ada called Shoplifters. And that's better than Zama. I like... Ow! I forget, because 2017... Fuck. It's a tie. It's a tie. It's not fair. <clears throat> it's not fair. Zama's so yeah, good. Yeah, I know, I know. It, it, it's a tie, and it's also a weird comparison. It's like... Like, Zom, comparing Zama and Shoplifters, it's like almost comparing, like, Lawrence Taylor to Barry Sanders. Two different positions. Okay. But, um, and they, who, they, they who, definitely who served a different... Per- Barry Sanders, Detroit Lions, one of the oh, greatest yeah. running backs to ever do it. Lawrence Taylor, one of the greatest running uh, linebackers to ever do it. And for those of you who don't know, Lawrence Taylor also. The occasional actor, he's in Any Given Sunday, and he's also, he has a great cameo in Waterboy. And he headlined... Uh, WrestleMania, where he fought Bam Bam Bigelow, but um, rest in peace. Rest in peace. And um, yeah, but to be quick about it, Shoplifters. It's about this family of hustlers in um, like the lower class of of Japan. Um, it's not like a showy film either. It's not like this amazing cinematography or editing, but at the same time, it kind of is because there's like the the title is pretty so like some of the two of the main characters in the movie are shoplifters and you see this kind of art to how they not only do it but like when one is in a bind like someone sees something going down and then like the shoplifting partner comes and stands in the way where no one else can see without them having to speak to each other it's really cool it's japanese it's japanese and it, uh-huh. and it's and it's about class and shit sure yeah Sure. Like, I'll say it like that. Sure. It's more just about this group of... Because it, it mainly just focuses just on this lower class family. It's not like a contrast to the up, upper class, even though you know it exists. It's more just about this family and how they stick together and how they, like... Did you see you know. The Animals? No. Okay. Oh, no. I haven't seen that yet, but I heard, I heard that was good, and that's about... That's about uh, uh, poor uh, Lat, Lat, Latinx children. Oh. Oh shit! No. Yeah, that was in Angelica this summer, but I haven't seen it yet. Okay. But so, but it seems like, but you're, you think mm-hmm. I like shoplifters? Very, very much so. Like, there's parts that'll make you. That, see, that's another thing. Oh, I gotta bring another movie. So there's certain parts. Having a podcast with you and seeing movies with you, I know your reaction to certain stuff. 
random stuff that makes you laugh. There's one movie, so I, this is gonna sound bad, but that movie Boy Erased, there's parts of that movie that are gonna make you laugh. Not Obviously not the dramatic shit, but there's parts of that movie that'll make you like laugh, like how you do at movies. Um, was that a good movie? No. I did not, but no, no, it wasn't. Um, oh man, you because you think his first movie was such yeah, a good one. It's a to, it's it's a totally different vibe. You think it was a different director? Oh, so his style changed from The Gift to yes, Boy Erased. Definitely. Okay. Because this this isn't like a genre movie. The Gift was like a thriller, borderline horror, entertaining movie. Although there's some very real commentary in that movie. Boy Erased is all like message movie. Um, okay. And yeah. so what was the other what was the other Ah, uh, High Life, Claire Denis new movie. Guarantee you're gonna love that movie. Okay, so what about I do wanna get into those, but what about the Regattas movie and the Assayas movie? The well no, the Assayas movie oh well if you can that was actually my honorable mentions. That that was like Assayas doing like a wordy comedy, which he hasn't done before. It's very interesting. And also it's funny this is funny, so that Captain Marvel thing that you brought up Juliette Binoche, who stars in Maya, uh, not Maya, nonfiction, who stars in nonfiction, Olivia Sayers' latest movie, she plays an actress in the movie. I forget the character's name, but throughout the movie a couple times, the actress that Juliette Binoche plays brings up Juliette Binoche and, like, the movies that she's been in, so that takes a kind of weird, you know, uh, turn. But, um, and, oh, and, and the Ray Goddess movie... Like if you like Ray Goddess, you'll, it's it's almost three hours long. Wow! It's told in the in the style of his last a combination of his last. So it's like the style of Silent Light and Post Tenebris Lux, but it's not surreal like Post Tenebris Lux. Which, but it makes sense because our time, Ray Goddess' latest movie, it's total progression. And like I like I put in my write up of the film, which you can go to on PillinEmpire.com, Silent Light is about this couple testing their relationship, and it's like through infidelity. In Post and Nervous Lux, you have this couple testing their relationship by, like, swinging. And that's not about, that's not what the whole movie's about, but there's a very crucial part where the, the main couple in Post and Nervous Lux go to this, like, bathhouse and have this, like, swinging thing. And whereas in our time, this is a movie about an open relationship. Oh, wow. And it, what's also crazy about our time, too, is the movie stars Carlos Regattas and his wife in the movie is played by his real wife. And the kids in their movie are their real kids in real life. So you, so maybe there's some life imitating. Life. I would imagine so. It's, yeah. I mean, considering that these the three movies have had this arc. Absolutely, and uh, and and up to this point where it's like now he's just using all real people right. in, in in a fictitious. Speaking yeah. of uh, Juliette Binoche. Yeah. Or as I like to say sometimes, Juliette Brioche. Mm-hmm. Um. I always thought it was it was trippy. One cool thing about Ocean's Twelve mm-hmm. was when Julia Roberts' character pretended to be Julia Roberts. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like. I was like, oh shit, you're going for something weird, yeah. and I like the weirdness of that. With like, the, the scene with Bruce Willis. Yeah, where Bruce yeah. Willis plays Bruce Willis. Yeah. And Julia Julia Roberts' character plays Julia Roberts. Yeah. That was that was cool. I popped for that scene, and I'll tell you why. Because when I was a kid, the this left-handed calendar that my parents got me for Christmas, it's just like certain dates. It's like, hey, this famous person's left-handed. So in that scene, before, the, so when that scene, when they get found out in Ocean's 12, because like this woman comes up to the fake Julie Robertson's and is like, can I have an autograph? She starts signing the autograph with her right hand. And I'm remembering, no, Julie Roberts is left-handed. And then right when I thought that, 
the woman in that scene was like, wait, Julie, I thought you were left-handed. And then Bruce Willis is like, she is left-handed. Because Bruce Willis is also left-handed. And I remember having this cool left-handed connection. Oh, um, you're a Southpaw? Yeah. Very much a Southpaw. Like Barack Obama? Yes, that used to be... Before I before I officially got into scratching and DJ battles, my DJ name was going to be Southpaw. Which would have made total sense. Left hands, but I just... Yeah, it makes know. sense. Or even yeah. left hands. Left hands, yeah. But I just went with my real first name, which confused people for many, many years. Marcus. Just, yeah. Not even DJ. No, no DJ, just Marcus. Yeah, I mean, I... Yeah, I, I went with Scott as my producer name. Yeah. I just added a, a different last name. Yes. Yeah, guess what? My last name isn't actually thorough. Yeah, don't tell him what your real name is. I wasn't going to. Oh, okay. I give enough of my life away. I believe in privacy. Sure. Or privacy. Yeah. As some British people say. <laughs> you just went two different... You went like classic English to like Cockney. Privacy, as some would say. Like you went, like you just transitioned to two different British accents. I don't know what you're accents. talking about. I only do one type of... No, bruv. 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 Spitting it darker. <laughs> you know, like really like intricate battle rap sort of things, you know what I'm saying? And making me think my favorite Erg line to Pumpkinhead, PH, rest in peace. Yeah. You're gonna take this LP for fucking up the company flow. I love that line so much. Yeah, my friend, my friend Cray in this one song was like, and, and, uh, the, the bubbles like the carbon dioxide and enter this vast air like the cannibal ox guy. Nice. Oh, that's ill. Right? That's ill. Or, or, um, when Cadillac Ron, who is your favorite battle rapper, JK. Rest Ron, in peace. Rest in peace. When he battled this one dude and did like a 12 bar Def Jux uh, scene. Oh. Like t- three years ago. Like right oh, okay. before he died. Like, right, not, right. like not when it was pertinent. Way after. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Or what did Talib Kweli once said in a rap? Well, he actually, he had two cool... Uh, LP shoutouts because he he had this one song uh, Crush Your Shit Just For Fun like Co Flow yeah many years ago yeah and then he also said um, and not many years ago he's like uh, I listened to Def Jux and Lotus Loaded Lux I'm an underground king yeah and that was a good line yeah it's awesome also one of my favorite LP lines just because I thought I love the human nature of it Mm -hmm. is uh uh, rest in peace to Matt Dew. My name is LP. I, I produce and I rap, rap too. too. Yeah. It's very simple. Yeah. But it's like because he's so complex, the mm-hmm. the humanness of like you know Matt Dew. I believe did the did the cover art to Front Crusher Plus Front Crusher and my Plus favorite the organi- extinction event, the extinction organized. agenda. Yeah. yeah. And he he passed away and I, and a lot of rappers that we loved. Uh, would say rest in peace to him in the late 90s early aughts mm-hmm. so when that well, I just thought that was you know remembering that our rap the rappers are friends yeah uh, they had friends and our people yeah um, which is which we went far away High Life yeah it's Claire Denis space movie um, it works it more than works it's great it's really really so it's great it's not just good it's great it's great it's the best thing pers- that I think it's the best thing I think that she has done since white material, so we're talking two thousand nine. But she's only made two movies since. No, that's not true. She, she's made, made three movies since white material. And some shorts and various other things. Um, yeah, so it, it it's really good. It's hard. It's like like Let the Sunshine In was good for its genre. Sure, sure. And what was the one before that? Really bastards. Up? Bastards. Yeah. 
That movie was also good for its genre. Yeah. Boy Material is like, that's a masterpiece. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, High Life... High Life is potentially... Just like the term classic, I don't like to use that right away. It's only been... It's been... A week, you know, like, since I've seen it. So I don't want to... A little over a week since I don't want to go... But, yeah. But it's a contender. Uh, it's completely sold out at NIF. Yeah. NIF being the New York Film yeah. Festival. But tell yeah. me why NIF doesn't sound like like your uncle, who, like, never really got it together. And, like, uncle one's Niff. uncle, Uncle NIF, like, still has a mullet, but, like, thinks it's classy. And, like, offered you beer, like, a little too young. And, like, like... Has, <coughs> has probably seen maybe one film that's ever been in the New York Film Festival once because like maybe like during the summer once he was fixing cars and some like French woman came to town and she cultured him and he went to see like a Jim Jarmusch movie sure and you know Uncle Niff Uncle Niff and he talks about that one movie all the time sure and he, he just can't get his stuff together but he's always jamming gives you really bad advice always working on his car always working no, on his knows, car knows a lot about cars but doesn't have a car that really works well yeah and he has like four yeah of like course like Uncle Niff has like four cars that he's working at all times of course and like we'll fix your car yeah and your car like works yeah but for whatever reason his car Uncle Niff's car just is, yeah I'm kind of describing one of my uncles now so we should probably I'm kind on. of describing like one of my uncles. Sure. You know, sure. I, like uh, Uncle Niff. Like yeah. I was watching these videos, like like that Sinbad still has a Bluetooth. Yeah, I believe that. And I just he think probably also like, has a holster for his cell phone. Yeah, <laughs> he absolutely does. Stop! Yeah. Oh my god. Like my uncle, like what, like all of my uncles do. Like like my cousin has ten Bluetooths, just in case. Oh. You know. Yeah. He's like, because he's like, it's a really great product. <laughs> All right. I'm just saying, like, like your Uncle Niff has, like, ten blue teeth. Yeah. Some not even out of the case. Yeah. And, like, but definitely doesn't have an iPhone. No. Yeah, no. Has, has like, a Motorola. Like, the, like... He chirped for way too long. Chirped for way too long, but has the kind of, like... Has the kind of, like touchscreen phone that like you get for free yeah <laughs> like one of those like like not like the medicaid phone but like but a step up like a vonage what's vonage like one of those phones yeah and and he'll he'll like he'll bring up stuff like way after it's hit oh, i was already gonna say like, that he'll be like hey have what? you seen this video on you you know you can stream youtube to your television like he thinks he discovered <laughs> like, like fire you, when he's he like, did hey that. hey will you help me buy bitcoin yeah <laughs> oh man <laughs> I heard that's I heard that's a good thing. It's like a stock. Yeah. I was doing I was doing a walk in Philly mm-hmm. and there was oh, like yeah. there was a bank transfer place, like a like a Western Union mm-hmm. that where you could buy Bitcoin. Oh wow. Yeah. You could you could buy Rock Marciano's new album with Bitcoin. It's sure. a smart business yeah. business model. Yeah. But yeah, so those that yeah, I think our t- I think you would dig um, our time, but you wouldn't. I yeah, High Life and Shoplifters. You 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 will both. You'll like those both very 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 much. Um, I think you'll like the next movie of of discussion. This uh, the new Errol Morris film, American Dharma, um, so which is quite the rage. So so, High Life. I guess we're not going to go super into because it's difficult not to without even spoiling it too much. Even though okay. it's a little vague. 
But it, but it's a Claire Denis. It's a true sci-fi film. Weird shit happens. Andre 3000 is the co-star. He does a really good job in it. Um, Robert Pattinson is good. But again, there's not it, there's there's minimal dialogue throughout the movie. Like there's talking obviously, but it's not your average amount of like movie talk. There's a lot of dead space with just like. Stuart Staples of Tinder Sticks did the scores. It's his most different sounding thing. He's on some like bottom heavy Brian Eno droney stuff with with this one. Um, yeah. I mean that's I think that's one way to to do space. Sure. I mean he's Brian Eno. Space is the place. Atmospheres, stuff like that. Sun Ra's space is the place. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. But at, but at, but uh, yeah. Atmospheres, music for airports. Atmospheres slug. Yeah. No. Oh, speaking of atmosphere, yeah, I got signed to a record deal. That's awesome, man. Yeah, so this label, so, this label, funny. this label, Specious Arts, mm-hmm. is putting out my debut cassette in January. Mm-hmm. Will you buy it? Of course, I'll buy. What well, uh, is it like a digital? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay, just making sure. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you the digital for free. Yeah, because I like to be able to listen to it. Yeah, no, the cassette will come with a download code. Oh, dope! Awesome. And I'm trying to sell it uh, affordably. And it's going to be, it's all like ambient electronic stuff. Wow. It's called Bird. I never heard that from you uh, release-wise. All the stuff I have is just like your hip-hop production. I've never, I've never actually released anything. Through, yeah, well. I'm saying yeah. I've never, this is, yeah. this is technically my solo release. Yeah, that's awesome. And there will be some music from M2 May films in there. Great. Oh, that's awesome. So, Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. So I was Is actually, it Bandcamp, iTunes deal? All well, of it. cassette, yeah. It's, it's Bandcamp, I imagine. It's, yeah, we're doing Bandcamp, we're doing... All major stuff. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Support that. Thank you. I will. Please do. Yeah. Um, and as I said, we're going to make it affordable. Good. Yeah. There's some... Yeah, some of this music fa- stuff's getting fav- out of hand. My favorite new rapper that you put me onto, Makami, yeah. makes his records uh, really prohibitively expensive. Yes. Like, like Haitian Body Order is like... A thousand dollars. It's is, it's not like it's it is. It's an incredible album. Yes. So good. Yeah, I don't think music should be that much money. Nope. And I think I think Wu Tang Clan created a shitty precedent. I love Wu Tang Clan. I'm not dissing Wu Tang Clan ever, but but like the whole idea of though there aren't they weren't the first person to have like expensive records. <coughs> I was gonna say you wouldn't put that. I mean, that expensive Wu Tang album was never even attainable. Whereas like Nipsey Hussle, Nipsey kind of really did, he, he. I think he, didn't he start, twisted Starlito the knife. was doing it. Oh. people were doing it before oh, before okay. Nipsey Hussle. Okay, the idea of expensive Bandcamp <clears throat> records is is as old as Bandcamp. Right. Um, no, but I think making art really inaccessible, and it's not making a hundred dollar dollar albums. I'm not judging how people release. I'm gonna say you if you know your you worth, if you feel you know your worth, fine. But I got some long, complicated issues with it. Although. Shout out to Makami, whose latest album is on is sale through his website only. It's not through any, but it's seven dollars and seventy seven cents. That's great. So it's his first affordable, <laughs> first affordable album. Oh, well, that's not true. I got another. I bought his his previous album, um, Bulletproof Love. That was forty dollars, but I, I it's it's worth forty dollars. I think so. I think art is worth like the new car record. Is worth a lot yeah, of money. It's, it's very good. Yeah, it's good. Uh, you know, you know these street storytellers just telling great stories. Yeah, and I think like knowing your worth and bypassing other markets is really cool. But I just worry about like the less enfranchised fans who feel they have to spend that amount of money. Yeah, and like I would never want a fan of mine to not eat because no, they wanted my record. Of course, that's just how I feel. 
But and I also like that 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 Mahami is is un, unequivocally always like I'm just trying to get that bag. Yeah. <clears throat> and 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 just to add on to that too, I've this year specifically, like I said, I bought the forty dollar Mahami album. I bought the twenty dollar Uncle John record. I bought both uh, $30 Rock Marciano albums this year. So there's something to be said. Like, when you have those expensive albums... Oh, and I, bought, I just recently bought Conway's somewhat expensive album last night. When you have those albums, you do sit with them longer because it's like, right. no, I want my money's worth, so I'm going to listen to this over and over. And thankfully, they're all really good. All, the, all these expensive albums that I bought this year were worth the money and are some of my favorite albums of the year. So that's a good and, thing. And I would pay 30 if it was vinyl, I don't know. Mm. I don't know if I'm ready to pay thirty dollars for an MP3. Yeah, uh, maybe I, I would I do like it. twenty for Flack. Oh, they all are. Let me just be clear. Yeah, they're all like, especially the Rock Marcianos. They're all high end. It's no, you ain't paying for like some like four megabyte per song MP3. Like you are getting the yeah, quality. Flax. Yes. Okay. Uh, waves are Flax. Well, yeah. Rock, Rock Marciano you're getting the Flax. Everybody else, I believe, they were just wave files. Waves are waves are like flat audio files. Don't at me, but uh, flat flax and waves are almost indistinguishable. Hmm. Flax are really good for listening back. Okay. So if you're a dance DJ, you might want the waves because of the full spectrum of of, of equalization mm. and frequencies. Mm. But I don't think it's like the the best the biggest thing. So we've been we've been teasing this for like forty minutes. Yeah, I guess so. uh, the new Errol Morris movie, American Dharma. Yes, American Dharma. It's um, yeah, I guess you could say it's about. It's more than just about Steve Bannon, but he's the just like any of like Errol Morris's other like Talking Head do- documentaries, whether it's Fog of War, Unknown Known. It's Errol Morris focusing on Steve Bannon and just the current climate of this country, and even before seeing it, before I saw it. There's all this scuttlebutt because a lot of people who haven't... And I have to say, haven't seen it because American Dharma has have only played... Fo- and, have and, they seen so, Fog of War? That's a, or, or Unknown Known with his Donald Rumsfeld movie. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so what? Oh, I'm sorry. <coughs> We're interrupting yeah. without you explaining oh. what people being upset are. Oh, sure. So people think that because the subject of the movie is Steve Bannon, that, this, that Errol Morris is giving Steve Bannon a platform to say his views and to, you know, like, like it, it's like... People have been saying literally that Earl Morris endorses Steve Bannon, but simply all you need to do is Google or follow Errol Morris through social media, and you'll know within minutes that Errol Morris is the most un alt right Tea Party unconservative person that there is, and that's part of the reason why he made this film is to instead of having two people on opposite ends of the political spectrum like Errol Morris and Steve Bannon are. They're having a conversation, and sometimes it gets heated. But it's not just like to, like the climate now is you're a Nazi. Oh, you're a libtard. I don't want to talk to you. Or this is kind of like, let's talk, and we can still dislike each other after the conversation. But let's just talk first, and let's see where. Because I also think a lot of people on either side will just t- sometimes will take a headline or just think what their friends think, and just go off of that and don't don't do their own, own research. Right, and I, I'm I'm guilty of that sometimes, like I'm trying not to. Like, I remember many, many months ago, we were talking about Anthony Fontano. And I was like, oh, that alt-right guy. And you were like, did you do the research? Yeah. And then I was... did the research, and I was like, oh, that that was just, like, Fader deciding to push a narrative. They've since put, pulled that article. And also, I don't, I, did, I remember not mentioning this, although I don't think, probably didn't need to be spelled out, but it's like, to the Fader, 
on some in, in the music realm, Anthony Fantano is like the opposition to some degree. So it's like, That's let's take down the opposition. The, 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 you thing know? Is, the thing is, I still don't care for his criticism. That, oh, yeah. That's just my huh. opinion. Yeah. But when I thought that, when I thought he was one way, I, I didn't read his, I didn't watch his reviews. Yeah. Now that I did the, I did the research after you were like, yo, that's actually not what happened. Yeah. I was appreciative because, so I will watch his reviews now. I just, I just prefer the written word for, for the, he's just not the voice I like for, I care for. Yeah. That's, that's just, funny. Cause I'm not, I hate written reviews. And I like how he really like. I get. A, I, I find it hard to believe. Well, I guess that's all he does, so that's his job. But it's still amazing that daily he can consume every genre of just about every genre of music, and have like fifteen to twenty minutes of like no filler stuff to say about it. Like that's very commendable to me. And sometimes I absolutely. But that's part of a good. Like I like being a film critic, and I know people absolutely disagree with me sometimes. But just like I, you know, like that, that comes with the, with, with the territory. So I, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's lots of people, there's lots of critics I like whom I disagree with. He also, he loves Ka and Shabazz palaces. Like he's totally biased towards them. So anyone, anyone like that, if that's kind of where your taste lies, I can kind of get with that. I'm, I'm not, I'm not questioning his taste. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that, that the video isn't my preferred form right, of right, right. criticism. Sure. I like to read. Sure. I just, I prefer reading sure. uh, criticism. But I also think now now we have such access to music mm-hmm. that we don't necessarily need criticism to to discern if we're gonna get something. I used to when when yeah. it used to be fourteen dollars a CD. Sure? I, I would read you know Magnet or or you know Stress or The Source. Oh or, wow, or, Stress. Yeah, it was a good magazine. I had a lifetime membership, which which I regret. Yeah. Because they went out of business, <laughs> or, or like you the the. The reviews would guide whether you should what like it would be it would have be helpful because you had to make a choice. You couldn't buy every record that came out every month. No. When I worked at a record store, I used to get every release, and I wouldn't leave. I, w- I wouldn't leave the store with my paycheck. That's yeah. I worked at a record. Yeah, there was a, there was a decent discount. Yeah. But it was still like so much of on top of the discount, so much of my money was going back in. Like in, into used the store. records were hella cheap, but new records still like weren't weren't that cheap. Yeah. Like I get used used CDs for like four bucks a pop, but but yeah. regular CDs for like ten bucks. More. And some. Uh, Back then, what well, depends when you cost. worked at? No, that's what I'm saying. Cost. Yeah, We'd, they'd be like ten or eleven. Oh, I thought they were more expensive years ago. CDs. That was a long time. Ago. Tapes were the ten dollars. Tapes were ten dollars. CDs were like fourteen, fifteen dollars. I never questioned our distribution. No, that's how much we sold them for. We oh, so, them. oh, so, so. I'm yeah, saying the car cost. Yeah, oh, okay. What, we, what, oh. The, what I, as an employee, would Oh, pay. right, 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 right. So I, I, there, were, there were paychecks that would not leave the store. Yeah. And so it, that's why I find criticism helpful. So my thoughts about this are, I want to see this movie because I want the forum to make my own decisions about Steve Bannon. And the reason why I think like the Joe Rogan show is so important, even though I don't always agree with what he says, no. is because he gives people of differing views or non-conforming views a long enough time to, to really say what they're about mm-hmm. so you can make a decision on your own. And I believe it's very important to make your own decisions about people. Sure. So like he had Ted Nugent on recently, mm-hmm. and, I, and I was able to make my decision about Ted Nugent. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, my decision didn't change much from where it was before I'd heard. 
but he did make some points that I that I was appreciative of. Mm-hmm. Or I know better than to make to make any criticisms about Jordan Peterson on the show because like people are very defensive of that guy. But yeah, I was by listening to his interviews with other people, I was able to make my own decisions mm-hmm. and educated decisions. And like the fog of war, like do do you, do you think anyone comes out of that movie like that? comes out of Fog of War or the, or the Unknown Known and be like, oh, these are great dudes. It's the same thing with Steve Bannon. And also now, and I'm one of the people who have seen the movie, we're talking American and Dharma. Has Steve Bannon made movies? He, that, yeah, that's what he did, yeah. 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 Like, there's, part, there's, there, there's multiple scenes in American Dharma where, and this is very undocumentary, like, where Errol Morris is like, Steve Bannon's talking, and Errol Morris is like, wait, 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 stop, stop, stop. You don't think that's racist? Or like, you don't think that's Islamophobic? Or like, there's a great, the, the most famous scene in the movie is when Steve Bannon, being a little clueless, and this says about it, he was just like, who did you vote for? Uh, and he was like, I voted for Hillary Clinton. And Steve Bannon's like, oh, you just broke my heart. How could you make Fog of War and vote for Hillary Clinton? You know what I'm saying? Like, he doesn't get who Errol Morris is as, as a person. So there's these great, genuine moments where, like, you would think, too, the whole thing, like, it's it's kind of unpart Like, every pe- things people are complaining about i can tell you haven't seen the movie because you don't give someone a platform and then call them out on being possibly racist or homophobic or islamophobic well, but islamophobic and Errol morris does that so i know folks who are mad about the movie haven't seen it because if they saw it they would go oh yeah right in this movie multiple times from behind the camera Errol morris is like hold on a second or just like you scare me or like your politics scare me or like trump scares me so it's not some like you would think people are just like, Errol Morris is like, hey, just sit down and talk and just tell everyone you're great. Like, no, it's not like that. It gets, it's really, really frustrating. And these people exist. My last night in Toronto, I was at this cool party with my buddy Dave of um, Toronto Film Review. Shout out to T.O. Film Review. It's a great resource for all of film and also Canadian film. Hi, Dave. Yes. Hi, Doug. You ever smoke yeah. PCP? No. But I was at this party and it was a TIFF party and people were talking about the stuff they'd seen and then I say oh I, I really liked American Dharma and this one guy was just like oh god and then I go off the because we're at TIFF I'm just like oh you didn't like it that's my response and he's just like I didn't see it I just don't think that movie should be made and then Can I, I had to go second? yes I'm tired of people saying like what art should be since when do we that get too. to that like, too we, we're just going to censor art we don't yeah. like yeah avoid it if it's something you think you don't like avoid it but like I don't you know. like Kirk Cameron the yeah. guy that since you know he makes like weird movies about yeah. Santa and shit. Yeah. And do I think those? Do, do I think some of those films are harmful? Sure. Mm. Uh, another movie, Peppermint. I'm afraid of that movie. The Jennifer Garner movie that's coming out, where she where she kills uh, Mexican. Oh yeah, mafia. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, do I find that movie like fucked up? Probably, but I haven't seen it, so I will I will I will see it before I make a judgment. Yeah. I might not pay to see it. Sure. But I will see it. Yeah. But I'm also not going to say don't make a movie. Yeah. Like, oh, it shouldn't be made. Yeah, I don't know nothing about that. I don't... And I was explaining to this guy who said I don't think it should be made. I was like, you know what? I want a guy like Steve Bannon to... To some degree, I want him to be able to say whatever he wants to say so I know that him or someone like him, like, oh, that's how... Okay, well, I'm going to stay away from you. Now, if you come towards me with your stuff, then we have a problem. But if... I will remove myself away from you and people like you. And I want to know what you think. So that's kind of where, where, where I come from. Exactly. 
And I, I think it's a, and and, and oh, besides was, all the was stuff, was it a good the, movie? It's a really that's what it's against. The movie's really good. There's these genuine moments where they both are just like no 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 like they're kind of like arguing. That's great. And the music, I forgot who uh, who scored the the. It's not as oh, oh yeah, Philip Glass usually scores uh, Errol Morris's movie. It was someone else, this but the music was, is great. This time it was Bill Concrete. Bill Concrete, okay, <laughs> right. Bill Formica. That's my kidney doctor's name, Dr. Formica. Richard Formica. It's great. Drink, He's been with me for a long time. Drink your cilantro water. My friend had a successful kidney transplant this week. Oh, that's good to hear. I like, yeah. I like hearing stuff about that. I'm not going to put his name on blast, but yeah, I'm sure, thinking no. about you, buddy. Awesome. Uh, drink that cilantro water. Yes. I sent and him, regular water, too. Yeah. There's this funny... There, I sent him a funny gif. It was, it was, it was Hello Kitty, but it was Hello Gid Kidney. Nice. Yeah. In the so early stages... There's only like nine kidney gifts. Sure. You sent one of them to me. Drink your drink drink water like in the early stages too, so your body can get a- acclimated. Cause this is actually his second kidney. So oh, knows. that's right. You actually didn't yeah. mention. Oh, so never mind. You yeah, got he it. He knows. He's he's an expert. You got it. Any 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 thoughts before we uh, stop to watch Mandy? No, I'm just excited about. <laughs> that's the thing. Some of these TIFF movies don't ne- don't come out till next year, but I think some of like some of like whether it be a widows. Or I think or High Life got picked up by A24, so I feel like that, that might come out by the, by the, at the end of the year. I'm excited about this fall and like early winter period. I'm, I'm excited to see what people have to say about these movies, because there's, there's some really great movies to come out of TIFF. I, so. might, I might see Shoplifters at NIF. Nice. Because it's playing on a day where I think I can go. Oh, that'd be all. Yeah, I re- yeah, 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 yeah. But um, it, looks like, it looks like I might have to wait for High Life. It's just... No surprise, it's very popular. But hey, A twenty four movies though they usually come out pretty swiftly. So yeah, so Google so Google us at email us zebraspod at gmail dot com. Yes. Uh, check our link to buy a t shirt. Yes. Would you like other swag? Swag we can make it. So, but let us know. All right. Be well. Say what up to all the snuffleupaguses and uh, do weird shit and tell your mom you love her.
What's the weather of forever? Is it sickness? Is it chatter prompt? Step to the parade, moving clever, moving reckless. I'm nothing like none of the rest. Until I rest, I gotta get this shit up off my chest. What's a bullet to a vest? You like a dick without sex? You soft? That cap to sit on your head. My bullets is knocking it off. Not like a boss package came with a stamp. The type to shoot a genie when it come out to lit. Extermination of camps. It's no differentiation. Depriving a weak champ. Your reprise is a weak champ. We ride with seats back. You wanna collide? You can die from heat smacks. Imperial wisdom. They trying to figure out who is them. Bend them. A ticket to hell locked in the prison. Yeah, nigga.